Hey, amazing Mad Women fans, Ashley here, just leaving a quick note to let you know that in this episode, my audio recording was not working correctly. So we had to rely on the Zoom recording, our backup plan to get my side of the audio. That said, it's not the greatest. It kind of cuts out at times, but I did my best. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoy. Listen, we're getting there. We're getting microphones. It's going to happen. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. We hope you enjoy the show. What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate, it's a mystery. For Ashley, a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. Hello and welcome to Mad Women. I'm Kate. Uh, are you sure you're Kate and not Bob Barker? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm just here to have a good time with my friend Ashley. That's you. That's me. All right. Welcome. Hi. Um, Hello. So I wanted to save it for the record, but this is a. This might be the latest we've ever recorded. It is all of almost 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I've got a little bourbon. Look at you. Hmm. Was that the reveal that you yeah. had bourbon? <laughs> Were you expecting something bigger? Because I have nothing. <laughs> I was very happy about it. I love it. I love that you have bourbon and I love that you think that that's a surprise. I don't like what you're implying. <laughs> I just mean you have a very well stocked bar cart. That's true, but I don't drink a lot. You enjoy a person Ashley I like that about you what I'm saying is I love you strumpet trumpets out there think I'm a drunk no no you're not a drunk yeah you have refined tastes hell yeah I do you know what sitting um at 8 p.m about to record and drinking a little glass of bourbon that earns you a strumpet trumpet hell yeah (laughs) I'm sitting under my new giant stupid ikea lamp and i'm feeling good i would like for you to tell me exactly how many minutes into this that you start feeling so overwhelmed by heat Mm, interesting interesting it is pointed up i hadn't considered it being hot and i'm already a little warm and then you add in the bourbon and i put on socks right before we are not hiding under blankets today so that is a plus (laughs) it may actually as we enter the winter months be a good thing to get all toasty right yeah i don't know how this new house uh how well it's insulated Mm -hmm. so i might be chilly and the the, under a blanket um zoom (laughs) might just be my new cozy as heck Mm -hmm. all right so today we are talking about mad men season one episode 10 (gasps) The long, the long weekend. weekend. Do you want to know? A, you want another reveal? If can you handle a second reveal? Wait a minute. Let me steal myself. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm prepared. I did not see the name of the episode when I watched it, and I just like Googled it right before we started. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it so much mm-hmm. more if your long pause just then for me to say it was really you just you didn't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I considered doing that and just rolling with it, see what happened, but. Hey, maybe I'm lying. Maybe I didn't know. I'm drinking Russell's Reserve. You don't know what's happening. <laughs> we about to get wild. Um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Was that na- noise as weird to you as it was to me? <laughs> <sighs> oh, it's my new favorite noise that you've ever made. So just to delay getting to the episode more, uh, a couple days ago, I was Instagram chatting with a friend of mine and I had the phone. I don't know. My cat Bloom did that thing where he like jumps on me. And I, I either grab him or he jumps on me and just his claws stick. So like I'm standing straight mm-hmm. up and he wants to be on my shoulders and he makes that happen. Mm-hmm. And so I picked him up and then I look at my phone and Instagram had recorded the audio of that. And then I tried <laughs> to play it and I just sent it to my friend. And I was like, that's the sound I make when I try to pick up my cat. And it was just, <laughs> it, except there you go. I was just about to yeah. ask you to make it for me. I mean, I could. How's it go? Let's see if I can find it and uh, and play it for you. I'm really excited. And I want to know how closely you just match. I don't think I match closely at all because it would be hard. All right, let's see. Oh, no. It's not playing. All right, well, maybe, you know, sorry, guys. I'm, I'm just really disapp- disappointed. Here, how about I'll send you the video, the audio and you, as the engineer, you paste it in. Well, guys, not all of my big surprises can be good. Last ep, you predicted what would happen in this episode. I don't remember my predictions. I'm excited. to. I have them before me. Um, first, you said, Betty has opened the floodgates of human emotion. <laughs> nope. She will go on a rampage, <laughs> smoking in a dirty grease way. Greasy way. Uh, like Sandy. Oh, okay. At the end of Greece. Yep. But, and it just says, no strumpet trumpet. (laughs) So despite becoming Sandy at the end of Greece, still not a strumpet trumpet. Still not a strumpet trumpet. Uh, Peggy keeps ballooning comically. Norbert situation. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they are trying to make her look real fluffy. Yeah. You said she would be squeezing in doorways. (laughs) (laughs) and joan would just say you know you do you uh i mean that kind of happened just not yeah i i think we're we're almost there she does walk in a doorway a couple times uh don goes on a picnic in central park (laughs) right oh my god (laughs) she meets he meets a single mom named miranda and the son floating boats and Don saves the sailboat. And then just in the margins of this, I see Mr. Big, John slash Jack. And I don't know what any... Like, I know it's all Sex in the City stuff, but I don't understand that. Um, Miranda would say, my hero. They would have a moment and it would just be someone new. <laughs> uh, you guessed... Miranda and Mirabelle. I know, that is... That is a crazy word to start. I mean, we're there. Uh, you predicted... Uh, it says, one bold choice... That Nixon would win the election. <laughs> and let and for your lingo, yep. you said that Miranda specifically would say, slap it, Johnny. And honestly, <laughs> I think we got close to that. Not really with those people, but Who said what? That's close to slap it, Johnny. Well, there was someone was ridden as a horse. <laughs> right. And I felt like that was <laughs> about as close as we were gonna get to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay wow yeah so maybe not your most 
Nostradamus level, no. Miss Cleo accurate no. predictions. That's all right, though. Yeah. You have a lot of eps to go. Yeah. Hone that. Most of these things are probably going to happen in the future anyway. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Nixon is going to win the election eventually. That's a really good point. Thank you. You were just predicting for like season six. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So, the long this weekend. Ep was a doozy. It, a lot happens in this episode. Holy moly. A lot of people had genuine human emotion. Mm -hmm. Betty was not one. <laughs> not one of those people. <laughs> Betty, like, starts off. It, it's the whole ep starts. I refer to things as ep now because no, I don't have time. Um, You're a busy woman. You got bourbon to drink. I got bourbon to drink. She is just the whole time bitching about her father's new girlfriend. So we meet her father. And I think it was right before the series start, started that Betty's mother had died. So it was still... That was what? March 1960 was the first episode? It was the first app. Mm -hmm. And then and this is Labor Day, so it's September 1960. Now so. listen, we yeah. are holding pretty close to it. We really it are. Time. Yeah. I mean, today is September 23rd, so we're uh -huh. a little past Labor Day, but you know what? Yeah. Considering we also started in March. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're doing this very deliberately in time with how it works. Exactly. I wrote 90 degrees. Oh, it shows the therm thermostat, like rear window style, that it's 90 degrees, like it's a hot weekend. Interesting. Yeah. When? In that very first opening? Yeah. I don't remember that. It, it kind of... It just came and went um, after, so Sally comes in and tells Don, Grandpa and Aunt Gloria are here. And that's my Sally impression. And then it shows like a thermostat that it's hot. And then uh, Gene, Betty's father, is like, you're hiding the sugar from me. Mm -hmm. I don't want this saccharin. And Betty's you all. You called her Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. I never realized that Betty was short for Elizabeth. Okay. I just thought that was her name. Yeah the end yeah i wonder if that's come up before because it is a name that like you can imagine in the 60s it would be short for stuff yeah but also i can imagine it would just be a name yeah but i think like originally it derives from beth which is elizabeth right um, well today i learned i'm just happy that oh oh excuse me <laughs> i turned off all of my silent mode stuff to try to get the instagram sound to no avail and now i'm being betrayed yep. betty bitches about gloria's older kids one of whom is a spinster and the other one is funny <laughs> and she says that the older one was her brother's age which makes the, the word choice of was yeah was interesting to me because it makes it sound like either either gloria's son or her brother is no longer with us mm-hmm because either he was his age or mm -hmm. he still is, because that is how time works. As long as you yeah. continue to live, mm -hmm. you continue to grow old at the same rate. This is true. I can I confirm that Betty's brother is still alive. You can? I can. I mean, unless that ruins the magic for you, then I will deconfirm it. A little bit. Take I will it back. infirm it. Take it back right now. No, excuse me. The opposite of confirm is pro-firm. <laughs> whether or not Betty's brother is alive <laughs> but you've got so don here's here's what i here's what i'm picking up in this whole episode is people seeing 
themselves and other people. Mm-hmm. And people seeing one person as another person. Mm-hmm. And so we've got... Uh, Betty is just pissed that her mother is being replaced. Right. She doesn't really care that much about Gloria as a person. It's just Well, that... and she's a fucking child. She isn't mature yes. enough to understand yeah. that yeah. her grown father would mm-hmm. want and need companionship. Right. And even Don is like, he can't do anything for himself. Let him have this. And she's yeah. like, he just needs a housekeeper. That's how Betty mm-hmm. talks about and, like, she's so obsessed with her mother and her mother's beauty and her mother's, like, youthfulness that she connects with her own. And so seeing that it could just be replaced is not comforting to her. Yes. Ooh, look at you with the analysis. I'm great. Um, But, like, Don says, like, at first to... Is his name? Gene. It's Gene. So Glenn is the creepy little boy. Yeah. Gene is Betty's father. They're both, like, old people names. <laughs> Let's yeah. start with a G. Uh, he says to Jean, like, it'll be nice for Betty to have another woman around the house to, like, help out. And then he says to du- to Betty that Gloria would be helpful to Jean. So, like, Betty or Don is just like, that's what women do. <laughs> right. They help stuff. Right. Uh, Gloria was real creepy. Yeah. Also, that is also the theme of this episode. Just yeah. a bunch fucking creeps there's some creepy people here but gloria when she's introducing herself to don or whatever mm-hmm. he's like oh yeah you'll you'll be great for betty to have around the house and she goes i live to serve <laughs> yeah. strong do me eyes oh you think so 100 percent. every Look lady just eyes and it is they literally yeah. say do me in her eyeballs oh, i didn't catch that she's wearing contact lenses yeah. do uh-huh. On the right eye, yeah. me on the left. Wow. They really put a lot of work into this, and into the subliminal messages. You'll see. Okay. And she, like, blinks a bunch of times to mm-hmm. flash those babies at dawn. Yeah. Like, I live to serve. Mm-hmm. What she means is, yeah. do me. Okay. My will serve you. Okay. That's... Which is fucking creepy. Um, it, it is very creepy. Since it happened exactly like you just said it did. <laughs> I am also creeped out. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I could get you on board. Yeah. Oh, I'm on board. Gloria is a creep. Mm-hmm. And every lady from birth to, from womb to tomb, loves his, loves her some Donnie. <laughs> Except for one lady who we'll talk about later. Um. So then we get to see what is maybe the greatest song I've ever heard. The Kennedy song. That Kennedy ad. Yeah. That Kennedy ad was just delightful. Uh-huh. No, I have to imagine that was a real ad that played, yeah. For sure. It had to have been. And then and the Nixon ad as well. Yeah. The sad ass. <laughs> Just like an old man talking to you about budget deficits. Right. It's so pitiful. Right. Because it's, I mean, it's that thing of Kennedy is the 60s and Nixon was the 50s. Just like being out, unaware, not reading the room. Right. Um, out of touch. Yeah. I, I also like Paul's song that he wrote for nixon about putting an ice pick in your eye or yeah, something pretty good yeah i'd i'd watch that ad too um but roger comes in and tells them you're not watching enough tv <laughs> which yeah. i wish my boss told me <laughs> except that wouldn't be true for you no my boss would tell me the other opposite thing um <laughs> so what's his name who's that guy don is all 
we should tell a story. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I supposed to remember the lead character's name? <sighs> Jesus, what do you want from me? Who's that one who's, it, you know, <laughs> he was about, what's his name, Ronnie? <laughs> what is this? Uh... Might as well be. But he's like, you know, Nixon, he's nouveau riche. He's an immigrant and who's got money and born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And Pete and Roger are like, uh, uh, I don't mind that. What's the problem with that? Right. Because uh, uh, what's his name? Don, as we decided. <laughs> he can connect with Nixon for being like starting from the bottom and building himself up. Pete oh, and Roger no. cannot connect with that. Exactly. And so Roger changes the subject. and he's, I still can't tell. Did they actually get a Nixon account? Or are they still just like practicing? Yeah, I still don't think yeah. that it's actually been confirmed that they're, you know, that mm-hmm. they're on his account. They're just trying to yeah. appeal to the yeah. campaigners, I think, at this point. <sighs> but then Roger says mm-hmm. uh, that Mama Mankin is yeah. coming to town. And everybody gets excited. Yeah, and he says, be on your best behavior. Mm-hmm. So what do you, like, it sounded like Roger thinks that Dawn doesn't like her. Yes. Which is... The opposite of the truth. Right. Well, he said, I know she bothers you or I know mm-hmm. she bugs you or something yeah. like that. Because I think the only time that he's really seen them interact was in mm-hmm. that very first meeting where Don gets all heated. Yeah. He does get heated about that. He'll get a different kind of heated later. Hey. So then I want you to know I wrote down a fashion thing, which is Joan's blue and red dress. Girl, I literally wrote Joan blue and red dress. Yeah. Exclamation, exclamation. Uh-huh. Also, it is very, very mod. Mm-hmm. That dress, which up until this point has not been her style. I wonder if it's like, this is what she wears the day before a three-day weekend. Maybe. You know? It's kind of patriotic. Mm. It's summery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very mod, though. And up yeah. until this point, she's been very sort of classic, even still kind of very late 50s. Mm-hmm. A lot of pencil dresses, a lot of solid colors, which I mean, that still Mm -hmm. mostly was, but she had the patterned blouse underneath. And she has a haircut. Yes, her hair was different. And at some point she says, 1960, I am so over you. So she is moving forward, but Roger tries to set a date because it's Labor Day and his wife and child are away. And then Joan traps him. (laughs) Into talking about a movie, which I'm not familiar with the apartment. Or do you know the apartment? I meant to look it up. Damn it. I meant to look some of these things up. Just Google um, apartment and see what happens. That would be, that's such a great idea. Um, but it's so, what it sounds like is a white lady is playing an elevator operator. And then she gets handed around the office by all the men. And Joan sees herself in that position. And Roger like doesn't even register it until she brings it up. And she's, like, pissed. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Do you want the Wikipedia synopsis of the apartment? Desperately. This is what it says. The Google synopsis of the apartment is insurance mm. worker C.C. Baxter, Great. Jack Lemon, lends his Upper West Side apartment to company bosses to use for extramarital affairs. When his manager, Mr. Sheldrake, Fred McMurray, begins using Baxter's apartment in exchange for promoting him, Baxter is disappointed to mm. learn that Sheldrick's mistress is Fran Kubelik, Sherlyn Klein, the elevator girl at work whom Baxter is interested in himself. Soon Baxter must decide between the girl he loves 
and the advancement of mm-hmm. his career. So there you go. I can see why uh, A1 Miss Joan would not be interested. It came out, it released June 15th, 1960. Wow. So day before and also 29 years before my birthday. It was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role. It won Best Picture. Really? And Writing. Yeah. Well, hot dog. I guess someone's seen it. Best Directing. Wow. You're really into this movie. I'm like all in now. Yeah. I'm doing a deep dive We're into gonna this We're going to do a film. spin-off <laughs> podcast Cinema. on The Apartment. <laughs> I mean, there are... Like, the theme of having a separate place for dalliances is a big part of this episode. So yeah, she's she feels used, and she feels like she's connected to it. And uh, she tells Roger, you know, maybe I'll call you later. And spoiler alert, she doesn't call him later. And then we get to the Mencken meeting. Oh, Mama Mencken. And Papa Mencken! We meet Papa Mencken! I want to go back to calling her Merkin. <laughs> no one stopped you from doing that. Okay. <laughs> um so don is like they're the whole gang is there to convince papa merkin merkin about um this new deal they're gonna change the whole floor of their department store and close for three months and work up a lot of appetite and you know what papa does he doesn't see himself as someone who would shop there once again he's saying i was built from nothing any of you you know schlubs started with nothing and don doesn't say, he doesn't raise his hand. Right. Because he's got to keep that secret secret. Mm-hmm. Although he did already admit with Nixon. He goes on and on about how Nixon built himself up from nothing. Yeah. And then goes on to say, when I see Nixon, I see myself. Well, yeah. He'll say that much, but he won't. He's not trying to, like, butter up. I think he, I think he wants to seem a little classier to his clients, specifically, than maybe his coworkers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because Papa Menken does say... He's a little dashing for my taste. And he's also, like, evaluating him for his daughter. Like, he sounded like yes. he knows that's a potential suitor. But yeah, he uh, he, he doesn't want to get into a pissing match with Papa Menken. But he does provide a very long and um, glowing review of Rachel mm-hmm. and how she's smart and sophisticated and she's different and she's new and all this. Right. He's like, your customers are a lot like your daughter, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the very best. Yeah. Basically, that's what his contacts were saying. Mm. Mama Mankin, mm-hmm. uber hottie. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we all read in his eyes. Mm-hmm. But it seemed to work out. We want the Mankins to be happy with Sterling Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> then we move on back to Joan. And this woman comes up to Joan and is like half crying, and it took me several minutes, or well, a few seconds to figure out who this lady is. Yes. And it was her roommate, Carol. Well, I mean, Joan says that, like, as soon as she walks in, she's like, oh, Carol. Well, she says, she says Carol, but that doesn't mean I know who she is. Well, look at me remembering names, because I remembered that her roommate's name was Carol. Wow. I just want to, wow. I just need, I just need that to be on the record that I remembered somebody's name, because I don't do that. I don't remember names ever, even okay. of people in my family. That's a true fact about me. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I have an aunt with whom I need to use a mnemonic device. Oh, wow. <laughs> name. What is the name? What is the mnemonic device? Okay, well, 
I don't know that I should. She's never going to listen to this. No, she won't. Now, listen, let me let me preface this by saying I love her very much because she's, she's got one a of the lot few- that she's going to leave you in her will. <laughs> I hope so. Uh-huh. No, she is one of the few members of that side of the family that is not a Trump supporting Republican. Okay. He is left wing, right. very liberal. We connect on that front. Mm-hmm. Her name is Annette. Mm-hmm. And the way that I remember her name is. I see her mm-hmm. at a family function and I say, that's my aunt. I should talk to her. Let me put her in a net and drag her over. Like one of those big cartoon butterfly nets mm-hmm. is what I picture in my okay. memory. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put my aunt in a net. Okay. Her name is Annette. Now, her husband's name, <laughs> it's gone. I got, I, I should know it. Yeah. I've known him my whole life. Yeah. To be fair, uh-huh. it's a great aunt and uncle. Yeah. Right. So they're right. one step removed, but. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's a great. <laughs> it's a very well, good. I remember mnemonic. the name Cheryl. Let's, let's come back to Matt. Yes. I also just need to say this is very not related, but in the song Look at Me, I'm Sandra D. Yes. Uh, Stalker Channing, whatever her name is, Curly, says. Would you pull that crap with a net? And mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, who's a net? Is that Annette one of the other girls? She's one of the other pink ladies. Is she? Yeah. Do they ever say her name at any other point in the movie? For sure. Okay. Yeah, Annette is one of the pink ladies, and she's one of the more like prim and 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 ah. rude. Okay. Of the pink ladies, and so she's saying. Get your filthy paws off my silky drawers. Would you pull that crap with a net? And she's mm. saying, why are you pawing at me? Yeah. I feel... I'm, yeah. I'm the clown. You wouldn't do right. that shit with a net. The first, like, five years that I watched that movie, I thought it was, like, something about with a net. Right. And I was like, what does that even mean? I don't know. Um, well, this has been... I don't understand Greece. <laughs> Moving on. Carol comes to talk to Joan and essentially she got fired for covering for her male boss. Mm-hmm. Do we think she was smooching her boss? Like, was that implied? I couldn't tell. It's hard to tell. But she was definitely doing more than just being a regular employee. Yes. And she and said... She was- mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Well, I just liked, she says, I hate Manhattan. And Joan snaps at her and says, don't say that. This city is everything. Which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. All right, now listen. Okay. I need to tell you something. That you've just been looking on your phone instead of engaging in this conversation? Well, I've been looking up the pink ladies, the okay. cast of Grease. Yeah. To see if there was somebody named Annette. Uh-huh. There's not. Okay. Wait a minute. No, no. Okay, there is somebody named Annette, but it is their actual name, not their uh, cast mm-hmm. or you know, character name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know what? Now I don't know what Annette means because mm. in my brain, I've always thought, well, that is obviously one of the pink ladies. Okay. But a woman named Annette Charles played Cha Cha. Annette refers to Annette Funicello, fifties movie starlet. Oh, look at you. I'm a professional Googler, okay? I'm impressed. Yeah, well, now we're just both looking at our phones, which is... Okay, I'm putting it down. Yeah. I'm putting it... 
Good. I, just, I, needed, I couldn't have that go out into the world and mm-hmm. me be wrong because our throngs yeah. of fans would call me on it. I mean, they're already going to be on my side for just so many things. <laughs> um, and that's just... All right. So... Anyways, back to it. Manhattan is everything. Then Pete comes in to tell Don that Dr. Scholl's shoes fired Sterling Cooper. Mm-hmm. And uh, Don's like, it's it's fine. Did it's did they fine. say anything else? And Pete says, I'm not gonna tell you because I'm a little shit. And Don says, eh, the moment you start you sign a client's the day you start losing them. Yeah, the day you sign a client is the day you start losing them. And then Pete leaves, and Don just flips out and drops everything on the de- off the desk, except for a big green pod. <laughs> did you see that no there's this like big green thing on his desk that is probably like an ashtray or a cigarette holder or a whiskey tumbler i don't know but it's it really distracted me apparently yeah yeah he was doing the old brush everything off the desk sex move Mm -hmm. except he wasn't feeling sexy about it it was anti-sexy it was anti- well, it was still a little sexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then Betty, uh, not Betty, but Peggy came in. She, she, With a big old puffed up outfit. <laughs> she tri- struggled through the doorway. <laughs> Once again, neither Ashley nor I have any problem with women gaining weight. We are laughing at the fact that Mad Men makes a big deal <laughs> about an average sized woman. And we love her. We love her very much. Yes. She's a strumpet trumpet. And it's it's just, it's it's additionally ridiculous to me the way they're trying to make her look like she's gaining weight. Uh-huh. Because clearly all they're doing is just piling on a bunch <laughs> of stuff. She still has a thin jawline. Right. Uh, like dainty the- wrists. Popping sweaters yeah. on. <laughs> a couple petticoats yeah. underneath her skirt. Yeah. And they're calling it a day. Hey. And I mean, it's so cartoonish is right. the thing. It's, it's silly. Cartoonish. Um, so then Don goes to tell Roger, and in the great, uh, I feel like they just keep one-upping the dumb things that Roger is doing when Don comes in to talk to him. Because <laughs> it was drinking milk and eating jello. Yeah. Now he's just straight up getting a haircut in his office. in his office. There's a moment where he is like putting down Dr. Scholl's because they're from Chicago. And then he's yeah. like, sorry, maybe you're from there. So Roger is like, maybe Don is from Chicago. Because just because he yeah, knows he's he a Midwesterner. No yeah. He has no idea what Don's yeah. background is. And it's such an interesting, like, like what a weird awareness to apologize. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, you know, if you just don't know somebody's background. I'm like, oh, you know, maybe your mother has already passed. But like, oh, maybe you're from Chicago. It's just very uh, mm-hmm. aware. And then he also says, the day you sign a client is the day you start losing them. Yeah. And Don says, you don't actually believe that. Right. And then Roger says something that I wish I had remembered occurred three weeks ago, where he says, Labor Day weekend, between now and Monday, we have to fall in love a dozen times. Mm. And that's what just... What uh, I think it means the wife's out of town. We get to screw a lot of chicks. Okay. So I couldn't tell if that's what it meant. That was one thing I thought it meant. But then it was also like... The wives are going out of town. Mm-hmm. They're meeting them 
at least Don was supposedly like yeah. meeting them the next day. Yeah. Is it, I have to force myself to fall in love with my wife a dozen times because I'm going to be spending all this no. time with her and normally I'm not? No. No, because Roger says it and Roger is the one who's like, the whole reason we have expensive jobs is to shove our wives out of town and then play around. All right. And You're I think right. like what we see with Roger is he does kind of fall in love with all these women. Like it's a real creepy, you know, unreal love, but he does. That's what he thinks of when he's doing that. He is. Such a creep. And then... Girl, we gonna get there. Yeah. Uh, then, like, when I was watching it, you can tell me if it was the same so... Same for you. Roger starts saying, when God closes a door, he... And then an ad for apartments.com. And then another ad for Peytonville <laughs> comes on. And then opens a dress. Yes. You had that same break? Yes. Yeah. I hate that about the way mm -hmm. Amazon... Yeah. Does their they, yeah, IMDb. They don't do it at the actual commercial breaks. Mm -hmm. It's just the most random, and not even at the end of a scene. No. Just mid-word. It was very strange. <laughs> and there's fucking Peyton Manning. Yeah. And, and then, I'm okay with not seeing him. I think he's kind of adorable. <laughs> I was, All right. Like, I don't think he's attractive, but I was a big Manning head well, when you're I watched a football, football. Lady. Yeah, I like football. And he you was know, really I good at it. And it was fun to hate Tom Brady and be pro Peyton. Okay. Now all we get to do is just hate Tom Brady. <laughs> and it's like, ugh. And then, just so you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, Tom Brady moved from the Patriots to Tampa Bay. And now oh. Cam Newton is the starting quarterback for the Patriots. And that is, as an Auburn fan who has never liked the Patriots, that is a very difficult thing for me. It was fine to root for the Panthers because no one cares about the Panthers. But now that he's at... Who is Cam Newton? Is this a person I'm supposed to know? <laughs> Did I even say the name right? Is that not even the That's name? That's correct. Cam okay. Newton is a magical beast who came into <laughs> Auburn for one season and just like broke every foot he was a quarterback he broke every record oh. he won every game he won the heisman trophy he won oh. the national championship his first super bowl huh what Isn't did you the say? heisman trophy a super bowl thing no it's for the top college player oh yeah okay. that other guy i mentioned earlier bo jackson also won the heisman trophy so auburn fans like cam and bo got it got it that bojack horseman winning all the awards <sighs> <laughs> oh i'm sorry am i still making noises on the camera what is this a microphone <laughs> that bourbon's kicking in huh? i'm doing great <laughs> so guy closes the door he opens a dress <laughs> um hey. speaking God of opens, closes the door apartments.com <laughs> that's a really good they should use that in their Good. next ad campaign. Yeah. Tell Peyton. All right. I'll let him know. He's such a goofball. Um, <laughs> so just one more thing on Peyton Manning. Even if you don't like football, you should. He has hosted SNL like multiple times because he can actually. He's like one of the better sports players who's an actor. Okay. He's uh, not great, but he's better. And there is a SNL sketch where it's a like a what is it? A United Way commercial or something where he's like out playing football with a bunch of children and it's like supposed to be inspiring. Like, you know, Papa Peyton is throwing the ball around, but he's just, he starts just yelling at them and he just like throws a football. He just 
pelt some nine-year-old in the back of the head because he didn't turn around fast enough. He makes some other guy like go sit in the porta potty because he's disappointed. <laughs> it's very I funny. It. I love it. All right, enough about Peyton Manning. Okay. I think he's problematic. Peyton Pod. Yeah. That's one. I have to acknowledge he was a dummy in college and people don't like him for that reason, but he's... Listen, we can't all be the brightest bulbs. I know. Dumb football players are are pretty dumb. (laughs) He's a bad guy. Peggy puts off Pete professionally. (laughs) That's the sentence I wrote down. I wrote, I wrote, Pete is bugging Peggy. Mm-hmm. So clearly yeah. we have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. But now listen, though, I actually did have a lot of thoughts because... I'd love to hear them. Peggy is sticking up for her little chubby self. Mm-hmm. She is like, I can't tell if you're going to be kind to me or cruel. And mm-hmm. he's like, cruel? What yeah. do you mean? I'm married. Yeah. And she says, I know, it must be very confusing. For, or I've heard it's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> need to lay on your couch to clear things up for you again mm-hmm. yeah has she gotten has she yet gotten a strumpet trumpet because if not she's oh, getting yeah. one now burr, 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 burr. there it is yeah for real. own it peggy yeah like they have like this whole walk and talk thing where she's just trying to keep it professional and not keep him at arm's length and he's like what's going on we're just mm-hmm. you know you got to treat me better than that and then and then he says that she's being very unprofessional yeah yeah, he but just turns it around. Like, I cannot believe I'm having this conversation. Yeah. He's like, that's right, Peggy. You can't mm-hmm. believe it. Fuck that guy. Yeah, it's, this is like maybe the first time that we can see Peggy, the wool is a little bit pulled from her eyes about what a creep Pete is. Mm-hmm. Like, she's been, you know, just down for whatever he's willing to give her. Love kernels mm-hmm. in the crazy ex-girlfriend vernacular. Love kernels. Yeah. Love it. I only ever saw season one. I very much enjoyed it, mm-hmm. I have, but I've not caught up. Um, highly encourage it. That'll be our okay. next podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like those little things that women will, and I mean, look at Pen15, just any like little affection or anything is mm-hmm. something to hold on to. And she's like, yeah, but also there's all these times where he's an asshole. <laughs> and so she's like holding on to that, which... Um, yeah. You love to see it. Um, yeah. That whole scene, I yeah. was like, Peggy, you finally coming into your own, girl. Mm-hmm. Telling yeah. him what's what. Uh, so then we go to a casting call and there's... Woof. <laughs> there's a double-sided aluminum account that Freddie Rumson is casting for. And so Roger guesses correctly that all of the girls who are there are twins. And there's just all the dudes are there using their worst pickup lines on them. <laughs> Oh my god. The fucking, I forget the dude's name, but whichever one it was that told that awful cow story. <laughs> yeah. What the actual yeah. fuck? Yeah. That made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> so oh, Ken, Ken tells two of the twins that like on his dad's farm or whatever, two cows were born attached at the butt. Yeah, attached. Then, or the yeah. rear or whatever, and they had to be... They had to be separated. Did that happen to you too? <laughs> right. They had to be separated, but then they still found themselves yeah. together all the time. Yeah. They just wanted to be together all the time. <laughs> Is that what happened to you too? <laughs> so the weird. Fuck? And then Paul's like, do you like Ukrainian food? Which is such a, <laughs> like, such a pickup line type line. Because who would just have a ready answer for that other than right. a pretentious dick? Um, and poor, what's his name? Vinny? 
uh, Victor? The gay one. Sal. Sal! Minnie. Papa John. <laughs> uh, Tony Soprano. It's a me, a Mario. <laughs> Shame on you, Ashley. <laughs> Anyways. You lost all your Carol cred by forgetting Sal's name. I need a mnemonic device for okay. Sal. What could it be? Uh, let's put it in my memory palace. All right. Sal. Salvatore. Oh, is that better? <laughs> um, Sal is looking for a pal. <laughs> okay, now that's what I was thinking as well. Oh, he did. He is looking for the right kind of pal. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sal's looking for pals. I'm going to remember it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. There you Got go. Got it now. Anyways, poor Sal. Yeah. Down there trying to flirt with He's the like, ladies. You have great bone structure. <laughs> and then Roger comes in, just shoes them all away. And then is like, okay, I choose you two. Everyone else is going to go home now. He was the most creepy. Yeah. And also, now listen. Yeah. Hey, What's up? I don't want to be rude. Okay. Okay. I'm not, that's not my intention. Yeah. Did he pick the wrong pair? They. What? <laughs> there were so many beautiful women in that scene, and yeah. that's who they walk away with. And now listen, mm-hmm. if it had been they turned out to be amazing actresses, mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh, yeah. well, obviously, you know, it's yeah. hard enough to find twins. Mm-hmm. And then you got to find twins that can act. Yeah. Then you got to find twins that are, like, kind of cute. Yeah. That made their amazing actresses. Mm-hmm. No, actresses. <laughs> actresses. But could be. they couldn't have a human emotion between the two of them. Yeah. I mean, it, was the, it was worse acting see, than... I feel like they were not playing... They were not able to express their real emotions because they were like, I'm I'm here with the boss. So they were okay. pretending the whole time. But listen, take away the emotion part. How about acting like a fucking human that has mm-hmm. an actual thought that occurs in your own brain and yeah. isn't transplanted there by like... The robot overlords that are controlling you. So because that is what it seemed like. Will I mean I'm not arguing, but I would like to to go into this. What did what decisions did they make that you think were inhuman? It wasn't so much their decisions, yeah, or the choices they made, yeah. It was just literally like their faces uh-huh. were just blank. Okay, and the way they delivered their lines, yeah, it was like they were reading a cue card. Mm-hmm. And then they would smile. Mm-hmm. It was creepy. This was just a creepy episode. No, I I have a lot of sympathy for these women because they're being creeped on and essentially forced to sleep with the you know the heads of this agency just to get an acting job. Sure. And they're like they were terrible yeah. actresses before then, huh? Before they even got brought upstairs when they're just sitting in the chairs down in the casting room. Do you room. think that's not part of the audition? Well, now listen. They know exactly what's going on. That's why they're all putting up with it and not slapping all the Ukrainian That's food people. The character. That's not the actress portraying the character. All right. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> I'll let you have this belief. It's, Thank you. Okay. They were terrible. Kate, they were terrible. Right, they were the two were worst actresses. One. Both of them were bad. Did I say actresses? Yes. Is that correct? You did not say- you did not say exorcists, though, like okay. I did. All right. <laughs> I'm so discombobulated by your just anger and misogyny. 
<laughs> oh, Lord. Listen, yeah. Peggy is fat and those ugly broads can't <laughs> act is basically what I'm trying to say. And Joan's a slut. No, Joan is my superhero. We love Joan. Um, yeah, so we definitely, Eleanor and Mirabelle, they are the Bobby twins. And Roger gets uber creepy, makes them like touch each other, tries to make oh, them kiss each other. my God. Won't let Dawn leave, makes them oh, dance. Oh my God, that was so uncomfortable. And yeah. then when one of them said, why are people always asking us to do that? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a real like, and I mean- as we know in 2020, it's only marginally better now than it was then. Right? So God bless them. So they're having their really creepy party in Roger's office. I think it's mm-hmm. Roger's office. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's Dawn's office, but I think I'm wrong. And then Joan is going to take Carol out and they're going to just forget about their worries. They're going to go out to Manhattan and find some real bachelors. And Joan now is so over 1960. Yes, yeah, she is. But before... Carol even says anything. Mm-hmm. I wrote down Carol loves Joan. I just knew that's it. what was coming. I could yeah. tell by her body language. Mm-hmm. There was something else. I also would like to get it on with Joan Holloway, so I understand. It's true. But Carol also a yeah. fucking creep. Why do you? Oh, because she follows her from college too. Yes. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's the first day I saw you in college, I knew I had to follow you everywhere you mm-hmm. went for the rest of your life and hope that one day yeah. you would want to smooch me. Yeah, but I think what the reason I don't find her as creepy is because she has so little power. Isn't that a, isn't that a movie? Isn't that a movie that happens later, like in the 80s or 90s? About, like, a roommate who's secretly in love with her roommate. Hmm. And then she, like, murders her. Probably. Because she won't smooch. It also feels a little bit like Notes on a Scandal, which is one of my favorite movies. I don't know that one. That's Judy Dench and Kate Blanchett. And it's like, they're not roommates, but it's just a very close relationship where Judy Dench is trying to ingratiate herself to mm. Kate Blanchett, who is a teacher who, spoiler alert... Sleeps with one of her students. It's a Uh oh. Mm, love that movie. <laughs> I really do. It's so good. All right. All right. Um, speaking of a lesbian, Carol, Kate Blanchett. Single white female. Sorry, I was okay. Googling it. Single white female. Right. And there was also another one that came out later called Other Roommate. Not the apartment, but the room. No. I'm interested in what your search terms were that landed you there. Would you like to know? I can tell you. Yes. Roommate in love horror movie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Single white female came out in 1992. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for finding that out. You're welcome. Um, My night is just about um, research, apparently. Yeah, I appreciate that. Someone's got to. Um, so I noted that this scene had a... There was two, scene, two scenes in a row. <laughs> I just knocked my fingers on the <laughs> desk. Um... Where we almost see a lesbian kiss. Like... Oh, because the twins? Yeah. Because they... Like, there's a moment where you're like, is this actually going to happen? And you're grateful that it doesn't. Yes. And then there's a moment that Joan... Well, like, Carol's kind of moving close to Joan. And then Joan's face just kind of changes. And she just turns into Joan. And she's like, you've had a hard day. Let's go out. Well, and when Carol says... She says, um... What does she say? I wrote it down. Just think of me as a boy. Yeah. Aww. That made me so sad. Yeah. 
everything about Carol makes me sad in this episode. Right? Yeah. Um, And so that is, then it goes back to our debauched party. It's just kind of going back and forth between these two little evening strolls where Roger is riding Mirabelle and he's starting to seem a little like, I had forgotten how this episode went. So I knew that Roger would eventually be ill, but I didn't anticipate it happening in this episode. Mm-hmm. But I did notice, like, man, Roger sure is breathing heavily and sweating a lot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he's kind of showing his age. Um, yeah, I didn't notice that. I'd be, I would be curious to go back and rewatch that, mm-hmm. like, the second half of this app. Yeah. Because it would be interesting if that is true, if that's sort of uh, foreshadowed in the way he's behaving. So you're saying you don't believe me and you need independent no, confirmation I just that Roger is sweaty. After the fact. <laughs> Oh my god. You're a this liar is... and a fake. <laughs> <laughs> we are coming to blows here in September. <laughs> and I am very hot, but I'm not going to blame my light yet. <laughs> I... It is exactly like 52 minutes. Yeah. It's... That's how many minutes it took for you to tell me you yeah. were warm. I think it's mostly the bourbon. And also just anger at all of your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Don wants tries to leave again. He tries to get Eleanor to leave, but she's like, no, I'll stay here. You stay with me. Mm-hmm. And then Roger, in a different way of being creepy, starts talking to Mirabelle and comparing him to her do- his daughter, Margaret, and like yes. just complaining about his daughter. Yes. He's like, you're just a little bit older than her. Mm-hmm. And then he's like touching all up on her skin. And he mm-hmm. says, your skin looks so good. I could eat it. I want to suck your blood like Dracula. Yeah. Oh, oh, Roger. Yeah. And then she oh. kisses him because apparently it worked. Oh. Okay, but. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that's coming later. Okay, yeah. we'll continue. We bounce back. Joan and Carol, it's like we never actually see them out. We see them getting ready and then we see them coming in with two old, ugly men. <laughs> oh, I wrote. my God. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Also, mm-hmm. let me just say on a fashion note. Okay. Joan looking good. Mm-hmm. I don't blame Carol for seeing Joan all dressed up in that little black dress with her tig old biddies ready to just bounce <laughs> out at you yeah. and be like, I want to get up on that. Tonight's a night. I wanted to get up on that. She looked yeah. so good. She looked very good. Like you could still wear that dress today in 2020 mm-hmm. and it would look just as good. Yeah. I mean, her whole out, like her haircut, everything. Yes. Um, and the little choker necklace. Mm-hmm. The little cardigan with the sparkle doos. <laughs> That's what they're called. The sparkle doos? Of course, you're a crafter, I believe you. And so Joan lures the old one into her bedroom to pretend to change a light. Ugh. And then the fat and ugly one is like, <laughs> what do you want to do? And she's, and poor and Carol. And pounces on her before she yeah. even responds. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do out here? Mm-hmm. I'm going to smash my face on your face. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. And poor Carol. Just whatever you want. Whatever you want. And he's like, cool, I'm going to pounce on you again. Because mm-hmm. it's 1960 and I'm a gross old man. And it's like, Joan. He's probably born in 1900. Yeah. You're probably 60 years old. Joan had previously chastised Roger for, like, treating, mistreating her as just an object. But right. she kind of uses her own roommate the same way. And just 
pawns her off on some guy that now she knows he's she's not interested in. Right. So it's a weird, like, Joan is taking control of her own sexual freedom, but is still playing by some ugly rules. She is a flawed character. You know, most of these, most of them are. But the other ones, I don't like their flaws. Yeah, because they're not as hot. Exactly. <laughs> Don's flaws, awesome. Yeah. Joan's flaws, yep. great. Yep. Peggy actually doesn't have flaws, except exactly. for just them big, big thighs. <laughs> except for the thunder that she's taking her on that off <laughs> perfect once again i am larger than elizabeth moss has ever been or ever will be <laughs> um all right so now like slapdash right back to where to the old the office party and eleanor says the same thing that carol says to don tell me what to do and i'll do it yeah, and, and then Mirabelle's venue, but you are selling too hard. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which makes her very sad. Mm-hmm. Sort of because she's not the best actress, but she was meant to look sad in that moment. <laughs> yeah, I guess we could mention like Dawn's reaction to all of this is that yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, he spent the entire time, mm-hmm. literally until up until the moment where Roger is on the floor. Mm-hmm. Don spends the entire time with a sly smile. Yeah. And I think he's got like a squint that mm-hmm. indicates he's not actually happy. Like it's a, mm-hmm. it's kind of just a, eh, I don't really it's, it's, condone yeah. what's going on. This isn't my thing. Um, Interesting to me that he went along with it for as long as he did. Like, why didn't he excuse himself earlier? That's a good question. Because he does... Like, Roger is his friend, and he'll hang out with Roger, and it's almost like he's just humoring him yeah. until Roger is done with him. I don't know. Because when Eleanor tries, like, like literally kisses him mm-hmm. and then tells him to do what he wants, like, Don doesn't, if he's not actually attracted to someone, he doesn't just sleep with them. Because just right. like Roger, he does kind of fall in love with all of these women. Right. But Eleanor just wasn't it. Well, right, the women that he falls in love with are mm-hmm. these, like, incredible, yeah. independent, yeah. really intriguing, mm-hmm. sophisticated in their own ways, mm-hmm. right? With a yeah. lot to offer and are offering him something that he absolutely does not get anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. He's got a little child at home who's vapid and mm-hmm. is just going to go along for anything. Who also offers him something, but what he offer- she offers him is that wife and mother and family which right. sometimes he very much wants, but it's not enough for him. Um, but yeah, like a 20-year-old, you know, actress mm-hmm. is not for him. It used to, it, right. I mean, that's what Betty was, but that was when he mm. needed it. And now that that um, hole has been filled in his life. But um, bum <laughs> um, And then Maribel comes out and Roger has had a heart attack. She calls, oh, now this is interesting. Yeah. She pages over the phone. Oh, yeah? First. She, like, pages Don's phone. I thought she with, was just yelling from across the office. It sounds like it's in, it sounds like it's coming from in Don's office over the phone because it's really loud. And then they go out of the room and she sounds further away. Interesting. And she's like, Eleanor, Eleanor, come in. Now, I don't believe you. Go back and watch because it. Because how the hell would she have known 
Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that that's. Well, I don't. That's what it's. That's what All it right. seems like. I mean, we Roger have to watch have this said, entire episode again. Mm-hmm. Roger could have told her how to do it. It wasn't like he couldn't talk. He could have said True. press forty-two or whatever. Yeah. Um, because he wasn't passed out. But even in that moment where she's like, Eleanor, Eleanor, comment. She had. I don't think no that these phones could emotion. do that. You don't think what? Those phones could just switch around. Because they, that's why they had a switchboard. Well, and but that's why they have, like, secretaries Peggy, that give them Peggy lines. could, Peggy could use her phone to just buzz into Don's office. Yeah, because she's his secretary. But could but she have buzzed Roger's office from her secretary's desk? I encourage you to go back and watch and report back. All right, gang. <laughs> All right, gang. Let's pause it right here. This is going under Ashley predicts, but in post-dicks. <laughs> Ashley posts dicks pics that Mirabelle magically advanced inner office telephone technology by 50 years. Yep, that's what I post dick. I would like you to go back with a keen eye for observation and a keen ear and tell me if you think that that's coming from inside his office. All right. Because it sounds very loud. We will follow up on this. Thank you. Mirabelle used inter office paging. <laughs> to summon Eleanor. All right. But now, whether or not that was over the intercom, yeah, that's or out in the hallway. Could there be something that's more beside the point? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roger has a heart attack. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Um, but she has yeah. no human fucking emotion. Yeah. Eleanor, Eleanor, come quick. That's what she sounded mm-hmm. like. Just like that. Come on. She should be more concerned. Probably should have just called the cops to begin with. Yeah, she should be um, ran out of town on a rail. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, but then we finally run in and we see Roger Mm -hmm. on the floor, white as a ghost, clutching his chest. Yeah. His pants around his ankles. Yeah. And he looks like he's in pain. Yeah. And he's moaning Mirabelle's name. I loved that slap. Yeah. Don lifts him up by the hair. Grabs his hair. Yes. Mona. Your, your wife's, wife's name Mona. Mona. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. great. That was great. Um, That's like the 1960s version of your friend deleting all the porn from your computer. Oh, I'm telling you. Kate, if you ever... If you need for us to have a clause mm-hmm. where one of us dies mm-hmm. unexpectedly, the other rushes to hide any and any everything uh-huh. that could be embarrassing. Yeah. I'm ready to take that clause with you. So because you brought this up, <laughs> I feel like you have a wide variety of embarrassing things. And now I'm kind of excited for you to die. I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean that. I've never wanted that. But... <laughs> I'm not going to, like, ask you to show me anything now. Well, I was going to say, would it help if I cataloged for you? Yeah, Not on the podcast, but... <laughs> no, I'm going to need it on the podcast for okay. legal purposes. <laughs> I'm happy to catalog for you all of my incriminating evidence. Great. If that means that you won't try to actively murder me. Oh. Or wish harm upon... Huh. I hadn't considered murdering you. I don't know if I want to take that out of the equation. Okay. I mean, I wasn't unconvinced that you were trying to murder me earlier today on our walk. When I led you into a swamp. When you led me through the woods. Yeah. 
over the bridge, down a boardwalk, when on I, my best friend's scavenger hunt. When I sent you a bird to gasp in my s- stead? Yes, exactly. Mm. Exactly. <sighs> well, Roger <laughs> looks deathly. I wrote that, that down. Terrible. I loved when Draper comes in the room, yeah. and Roger, and he says, like, Draper says, what happened? And Roger says, I don't know. I did everything. I always thought it would be the ulcer that got me. Uh-huh. I did everything they said. I drank the cream, ate the butter. <laughs> I wrote this down too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Like, because dairy is bad for ulcers, right? I don't know. There's some movie. Now I'm going to play the game you were playing earlier. Okay. There's some movie I saw as a child, like multiple times, where someone is drinking milk and then gets chastised. Like, and he has a stomach ache. Okay. And it's because he has an ulcer. There is no way I'll be able to find that in a quick Google search, um, but I'm going to want to figure that out. But that scene that I watched maybe when I was seven years old has, like, colored my understanding of ulcers and dairy. <laughs> so, okay. I just did a quick Google search. Yeah. Because I'm the researcher this evening. Yeah. I wrote, or I searched, my search terms were, is dairy bad for ulcers? Okay. The top result... <clears throat> from Chicago Health Online yes. says alcohol is known to increase risk of peptic ulcers and slow healing of existing ulcers. Milk and dairy products can increase stomach acid and make pain worse. There you go. So there you go. Um, yeah. So, all right. Um, I just Googled something related to that and it came up with the movie Clockers by Spike Lee, portrayal of a gangster. And it says that he drinks bottles of chocolate moo to soothe his ulcers. So I wonder if that's the movie I saw. Hmm, maybe. I have no memory. And I wrote, drink milk for ulcer movie scene. <laughs> that was my search terms. Okay. Well, drinking cream and eating butter, we know is not good for the old ticker. Nope. So it makes sense. And then no, Roger... I also yeah. thought, in this scene, I thought, <clears throat> thank goodness... We're no longer in 1960, because I would not want to have a heart attack in 1960. Yeah, because they're like, it's a death sentence. They are so scared. Yeah. But now heart attacks are like having a cold. Like, people just barely, though, I think that's mostly on TV. I don't know. Heart attacks are much less of a death sentence than they used to be. They're much less of a death Mm -hmm. sentence. Absolutely. Yes. Much less. There's there's a lot more that can be done. and Medications uh, to help and understanding that butter and cream are not good. Yes. And even the, like, uh, like in that scene, the mm-hmm. IV thing, right? Like a yeah. glass bottle. Yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah. we still using glass bottles. That means I don't want you working on my body. Yeah. It took time. I mean, things have moved very Look quickly. Look where we are now. Imagine in the where midst we will of a global pandemic that we cannot solve start. with all of our Shut up. technology. Why are you even talking about that? Um, <laughs> so Roger gets super, like... Uh, morbid. He's thinking about death. He keeps asking Don if he believes in energy. Mm-hmm. Like a soul. Or a soul. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like facing down the barrel of death and ready to make amends. Which is will be interesting to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, And he says, uh, I've been living the last 20 years like I'm on shore leave. Which, yeah. like everything he does in this episode is so debauched and so gross that like you're almost it's 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 a little bit like the oysters episode where you're like good i'm glad he got sick yeah Um, and 
you kind of, you know, maybe it'll be a wake-up call. The Oysters wasn't a wake-up call, but maybe this will be. Um, right. And then Margaret and Mona come in, and they all have a big hug, and it's, like, very sincere. And so... He had a genuine yeah, human emotion. He did. <clears throat> His acting was incredible. It broke mm-hmm. my heart. It made yeah. me so sad. Have you noticed how every episode... um He's credited as a special guest appearance by John Slattery. Interesting. No, I hadn't noticed that. And I wonder, I don't know, I don't think they do that the entire season or series, but I imagine it's some kind of contract negotiation thing, which I have. That's the contract thing. I have no interest in finding out what the issue was, but. Well, so I know that on Gilmore Girls, Uh Edward Herman plays Grandpa Gilmore. Yeah. Is the same thing. He's always credited as special guest appearance by Edward Herman. And And at least he's not always there right yeah but still um but it was very much a a contract thing Mm -hmm. in that he was like the biggest name yeah that they had Mm -hmm. but i don't know that that's true of john slattery right like really no one in here in 2007 was a big name um and that's um spoiler alert he's not going anywhere (laughs) like it's not like he just dies of a another heart attack in the next episode so Don, once again, is just looking, and he sees this family embrace, and it moves him. Then we go back to the office, and Joan and her old man come into an empty office where Bert is sitting in the dark. Yes. <clears throat> and they have to notify clients with telegrams to say, like, look, business as usual, don't worry about Sterling. Which is interesting that they had to do that in the middle of the night. Why mm-hmm. couldn't that have waited until the morning? I think they just got to get ahead of it before the newspapers, before people find out any other way. But I mean, is Sterling a big enough name that the newspapers are going to find out he's in the hospital, go there, write a story, put it out on the front page the very next day? I don't know if it would be on the front page, but news travels fast. And like, they just lost Dr. Scholes for like no real reason. Right. They're not a very big firm. And Sterling is one of their, like, you think about, this is Sterling Cooper. So right. he is one of the, he's half of the partners and he is the face of the organization in a lot of ways because Cooper doesn't show up very much. Um, right. So I feel like it's just this, this whole industry as it's presented in this show is very much personal feelings and deals. And you know, as soon as word gets out about Cooper, all these other agencies that have been circling around their clients will come in and give them a reason to drop Sterling Cooper. Once word gets out about Sterling, yeah. you mean? Yeah, I did that. I do that all the time. I know. I'll tell you, Cooper or Ster- exactly. <laughs> Sterling seems like a Cooper. It seems like his first name would be Cooper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, so Joan is like crying, but doing her yes. job because technically awesome. this is a secret. Yeah. And I'm also thinking like, this is the most inefficient way of typing anything in the world to have an old man just read stuff to you right um but it's not my business and then we see don calls betty like he's just leaving this beautiful family embrace and he's like let me call my wife mm-hmm. and she's like Nyeh. my my mommy's better than gloria and oh gloria sucks my and- god fucking betty is the worst yeah and again she can't emote to save her life. Yeah. He's like, Cooper, uh, Sterling, mm-hmm. Sterling had a heart attack. He's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she goes, what? Like, <laughs> I think it was supposed to be, what? 
you know, maybe yeah. toned down just a touch. But yeah, I think like full on cartoon dog. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So like Don is kind of hurt, and Peggy Petty does not comfort him. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. And is like missing her mom definitely, and just like complaining more about what Gloria's done. Mm-hmm. And then Pete shows up. And just like Pete wouldn't tell Don extra information before, Don won't explain what happened to Pete. Just to, right. just to be a little pissing contest winner. It was interesting to me that Pete showed up there. And I guess we also don't know what time it is. Like, it seems mm-hmm. like it's the middle of the night, but I guess we don't really know. I think it is the middle of the night. Like, if... How would Pete know? How do all these people know about this so quickly? Well, I mean... Although, didn't Jones say where's the rest of the office? So did Cooper call everyone here's what i think happened i'm ready cooper called joan and maybe a select one or two others and then they all started calling each other pete showed up because he's a little brown noser and he's like boss is sick i have to be in a full suit with my hair combed present pete Um, i hate that guy yeah because he wants to move up in the world right uh and then he and don watch an anti-Nixon ad, which is really bad for the Nixon campaign. Well, right. And especially since they just got done saying at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. we don't want to run a negative yeah. ad. Mm-hmm. We want to do a positive one. And yeah. Sterling's like, you're not going to get anywhere with a positive ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there they go. I tell you, I know that you predicted Nixon would win, but I don't think it's looking good for him. Not in 1960 anyway. He's going to get there. I think he's going to yeah. make it. I think <laughs> He just needs to keep his chin up, keep his hair pulled back keep working on it dickie yeah, you'll get there absolutely so don unsated by the affections of his wife knocks on rachel's door oh mama merkin and i wrote fucking wonder woman i'm telling you because she has got a night dress to end all the night mo- dresses on the most beautiful mm-hmm. shade of blue mm-hmm. her hair is just in wonderful curls Right? I feel like they put her in blue fairly often. Yeah. I'm trying to think back to some of her other outfits, but I do feel like that has been a theme. Or like a purple. Yeah. She, I mean, she's got her palette and it works for her because she's gorgeous. Yeah, she looks so gorgeous. Yeah. Her hair, yes, mm-hmm. down and flowy. After a couple of minutes, like into the scene, they cut to a shot of her and it shows these big poof balls hanging from her dress and I laughed out loud. It was like they were <laughs> holding that back for a minute. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's still the 60s, though. Yeah. And then Don, Don is there, like, sweaty. Ba- Anytime Don's bangs are down, you know that he's troubled. Yeah, he's a mess. Yeah. And he, he an tries ex- to kiss her. Yeah. And she's like, what good would that do? That- yes, she says, what is this? Uh, a solar eclipse, the end of the world, uh-huh. where anything goes. Yeah. We do whatever you want. Yeah. Which, you're right, Mama Mankin, shut his ass down. Mm-hmm. But only for like another two minutes. Yeah, I mean, well, and and he's like, I don't like feeling like this, and she's like, Well, yeah, <laughs> no one does. Um, right. You can't just run away from real emotion like your wife. Right. And, uh, but like he's telling her like, you know me so well, and he, it's like he's attracted to these people who have who just know him in his soul. Right. Whereas the twenty-year-old did not. Right. And then he asks her for consent. Yeah, well, he says, he they're starting to smooch. Uh-huh. And he pulls back and he says, well, first he talks about having been a pallbearer. Yeah. 
goes on and on about his aunt who died and yeah these old people gathered around the casket oh, yeah feels like he's, he's finally stepped up a notch mm-hmm. so he feels closer to death right yeah. like he's like that was a part of his childhood uh-huh. where the door closed yeah and then she's like well what is you he says you know me so so well mm-hmm. She's like, well, what is this? What do you, you know, mm-hmm. basically like, what are you talking about? And he says, this is it. This is all there is. Yeah. This is it. This is all there is. Yeah. Like, you don't know. You're married. Mm-hmm. Which is how they all talk. Yeah. That's and exactly what they talk. sound like. You're married. Mm-hmm. They're um, butlers. Exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. But then she still ends up giving in anyway. Well, because what, you know, her rational brain and her wanting brain are two different Girl, forces. I'm, I'm- yeah you know but he he starts smooching her and then he stops and he says no unless you tell me you want this Mm -hmm. and then she says yes please yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean while you're here right it was very polite it was Mm -hmm. a very polite it was (laughs) yeah i thought it was lovely and like they're my two favorites i like mama merkin a lot i like her a lot um i like heart bitch midge as well i don't care for her like like Working a lot. She's not my type. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Don definitely feels like he was equal. He felt very equal to Sterling, and now Sterling is closer to death, and so he feels closer to death. So he just feels like he's moving up to nothing. Exactly. There's one. He's going up one more notch. Yeah. Then we jump back to Bert and Joan. Which do you listen to? The neighborhood listen with Paul F. Tompkins and Nicole Parker. No, I've heard one app. I heard the one app that they put on CBB. Okay. Um, I've, like, been listening to it now that it's on the free feed, and it's wonderful, but the names are Joan Pedestrian and Burnt Mia Payday. That's right. And so when I just said Burnt and Joan, I was like, hey! I love it. Do you know how Mia Payday is spelled? Like Millipede. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, I didn't know that till like, four episodes in, because I just never saw it. It's good. He He was a character on CBB one time. Oh, yeah? That makes so much more sense because coming into a brand new podcast with the most ridiculous name yes. doesn't they make a lot of sense. Were. Actually, they were both on okay. talking about yeah. that podcast. Yeah. It hadn't come out yet. Or it was about to. Uh, and so they were on in character. Oh, so you talking so you, to. I thought Scott. you were saying that it developed on CBB, which. That I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to do some digging. Um. Anyway, Bert Miapede advises Joan to dump Roger in so many words. Like, right. And then tells her, a white girl, to work the elevator for him, mm-hmm. bringing it all full circle. Yeah. I love when he said, though, don't waste your youth on age. Because mm-hmm. here she is with another old ass man. Right? What's her deal? Yeah. Joan, you so much better. So much better. And, and Bert Miapede even says that. It's yeah. not my business. Right. You could do a lot better. That's why Cooper's so great. Is like he's he just he doesn't stick his nose in too much, but when mm-hmm. he has words of wisdom or you know words of weird stum, he'll <laughs> share them and they're fun. And then we go back to post postcoital Don and Rachel, and Don is just like, "Here's my entire life story." Yes, and it's like just like laid out. And if there are any questions about whose dad is who and whatever, there it is. There it is. And so, which makes me wonder then how old he was in that episode where the the traveler comes by. Mm-hmm. He says his father died when he was 10. Yeah. Did he seem like a 10-year-old? I mean, are we to believe that that man wasn't his father? Or was that his father and his father was also a son of a bitch? I think that was his father. Okay. 
Um, Because then he says, you know, I was raised by those two sorry people. Yeah. This came up and we just, we determined, I think, that that was in fact his father. Because I think, you you remember, I got really confused. Oh, and went into the archives. Yeah. So his father wasn't a great guy either. His father was alive. I mean, his father was, at the very least, stuck with a kid he never wanted. That he was ashamed of. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that Traveler was his father. Also, did I mention I've, since the last time we recorded, watched all of Nurse Jackie, and the guy who plays the hobo is one of the main characters. Interesting. Who is uh, an on-again, off-again relationship with the titular Nurse Jackie, Edie Falco. And then when I finished that, I started rewatching The Sopranos, and mm-hmm. I had compl- and I knew Edie Falco was in that, but I would forgotten that the same actor plays a priest who has a long relationship with Edie Falco's character, which made well, me very happy. And that's the end of that story. Um, Falco in The Sopranos, is she Mama Soprano? Correct. She's, I never saw The Sopranos. It's very good. She's, she's Tony's wife, but Tony also, his mother is a big part of the show. So he, she's kind of Mama Soprano if you really get down to it. Yeah. Um, her name is Carmela, and she'll, he'll call her Carm, which is a that's very funny thing name <laughs> to shorten karm um so yeah it, he just lays out his life story i mean he's just like i'm he hasn't told betty this before he's right. never told anybody Anybody. and like now he it's like he's facing death just like roger is and he's just like here you go well i mean that was like sort of the equivalent of roger to mona saying mm-hmm. i love you so much i love you so much i love you so much having some sort of like mm-hmm realization or yeah. you know yeah acceptance of what's happening mm-hmm. and now here's donnie donnie d mm-hmm. doing that same thing but not with his wifey poo yeah somebody else and then am i correct did it also do this for you mm-hmm. it cut to commercial yeah. with like a split second left yeah. of the episode uh-huh. okay i yeah. didn't know if more things happened that i just missed out on well she kisses his head which is very right. sweet and must have been very gratifying for old donnie poo um and then a cut to my commercial and i waited through the commercial and it just went to the credits right all right all right um and that was season one episode 10 long weekend which only goes until friday like it doesn't even start the weekend the long weekends three more days right so that's gonna be a real long weekend Mm Hmm. the longest they went through a lot okay but can we also just mention for a minute that his dad his his biological father Mm -hmm. He says his dad was a drunk yeah. and died when he was 10 because he got kicked in the face by a horse. Yep. <laughs> That's exciting, right? What? What? Uh-huh. What a way to go out. That is really terrifying. Kicked in the face yeah. by a horse. Yeah. And don't don't get kicked by the in the face by a horse in like 1930. No. 1935. That was a bad year for getting kicked in the head by a horse. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. You need to wait until at least the 90s before yes. any horse kicks to the head. Yes. I feel like now I could get kicked in the face by a horse and I'd walk away. Absolutely. After all the reconstructive surgery, Yeah. I would be a top model. For sure. They would fix me up so good. Yeah. yeah. I'd have a better face than I went in with. I mean, once again, I don't wish ill upon you. But I feel like you could really benefit from a good horse kick to the face. Thank you. Thank you. you, If I get kicked in the face by a horse, 
please come to my house okay. and destroy all the evidence <laughs> of my okay. impropriety. Will do. And now I have to bring up, are you familiar with the novelty song, Boot to the Head? Mm, I... I don't know. It's a sketch. It was on like Dr. Demento's 20th anniversary compilation, which is how I know it. And it's like a sketch where someone is reading a last will and testament to a family. And he just keeps bequeathing a boot to the head (laughs) to each person. And everyone's really mad about it. And then there's like a brief song. It's like when Pierce Hawthorne bequeathes a trial of his demon. Uh-huh. Pretty much. Anyway, that's the end of this episode. It was yeah. a doozy. It sure was. There were a lot of relationships. There were a lot of people. It was all, it was very relationship heavy. Just like a little bit of advertising, but not very much. What's the scotch? And we hit all the major ones. We hit Don, we hit Roger, we hit Joan, we hit Peggy and Pete, we hit Betty, Mama yeah. Merkin. Mama Merkin, Sal needs a pal. Sal looking for pals. <laughs> um, good at. I will give this episode. Yeah. Let's hear it. I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 glass IV bottles. Okay. I would give it a full 10 out of 10 if it weren't for those uggos who can't act. All right. That's fair. <laughs> I can't I can't blame you there. They could have either been cuter mm-hmm. or better actresses. One yeah. or the other. I'm not asking for both. Yeah. They should have gotten the Dubba Dubba twins. That's from absolutely what they should have done. The CW. That wasn't something you saw, right? You the CW? The Dubba Dubba Twins. They're like local Birmingham, Alabama <laughs> actresses that... Okay. I mean, we're about that. Oh, hello, Bloom. <laughs> Bloom has entered the conversation. Anyway, let's hear what Ashley predicts for episode 11. Um. Okay, here we go. Okay. Roger is going to still be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has not quite recovered yet. Because it's 1960, mm-hmm. perhaps... Uh, they're going to <laughs> operate on the wrong part of him. Okay. They're going to have one of those whoops-a-daisies. Uh-huh. Uh, so maybe he's, like, lost an arm. Okay. Or something, you know? Yeah. Like, they meant to give him some morphine, but they accidentally mm-hmm. chopped his arm off. That happens a lot. In... One of those old classic yeah. switcheroos, mix-em-ups. Right. So I think that's going to happen. Um, old Donnie Boy and Mama, Mama Merkin are in it deep. Okay, yeah. Hot and heavy to the max. Mm -hmm. They are just smooching all day, Mm -hmm. talking all night. Betty is too dumb to realize Don hasn't come home. Yeah. She, like, curls up with a pillow and thinks it's a man's body, Uh and it's fine. Makes sense. Sally does some sort of childlike wonder thing. She has a moment of childlike wonder. The boy just ceases to exist. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Their son seems completely yeah. unimportant in this family dynamic. You're not far off. <laughs> okay. Um, so Sally has a moment of childlike wonder. The boy disappears into the ether. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joan starts fully embracing the mod lifestyle. Okay. And finds herself a young little cutie beatnik. Ooh. Okay. Um, Peggy. Like, do you think it would be Roy? What if Joan ends up with Midge's Roy? Well, those two have run away together already. Oh, oh I just see your cat's head. <laughs> I just saw Bloom's little face peek in. Oh, hello. What would you like, Bloom? What do you think is going to happen next episode? Bloom, what's your prediction? He's so handsome. 
We're going to add this picture to our Instagram. Yay. Anyway. There you go. Um, my final predict mm-hmm. is that um, Peggy yeah. continues to blossom mm. both physically. I think they're just going to keep adding sweaters. Yeah. I think we're just going to start to see the cuffs, all uh-huh. the layers of cuffs poking out. Right, right, right. Um, and she's going to blossom... Um, personality wise oh she's gonna start owning you know she started with pete a little bit she started with joan i think she's gonna give don a what for Ooh. okay gives don a what for i'd love to see that i would too all right and we will see it when we create the series of my prediction right that's gonna be (laughs) the the best version of Mm -hmm. this whole thing yep well Oh, wait, my lingo. Oh, God bless us all. What would have happened? What is the oh. lingo that's going to, we're going to, we're definitely going to hear? Oh, man. Now, listen, I've been thinking about this for a little while. Mm. Somebody is going to call somebody else doll face. Okay. I think, I think, I think a woman is going to say that to Don. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Mama, Mama Merkin is going to call Don a doll face. Okay. Unless I'm a doll face. She's going to say it just like that. All right. And she's going to have her guard dogs surrounding him. Um, <laughs> the I, lingo has also become part of the predictions. I mean, it, it definitely is. I I like that you set the scene. I think it's a much more bold, uh, less cowardly way of making a prediction. Thank you. Why you're who you are. <laughs> well, thank you thank for joining you. us yes. for this episode of Mad Women. We have been mad. And we have been women. I've been the most mad, though. I'm very angry. Um, and until next time, merry madmen to all. To all. And to all a good night. God damn it. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at radmadwomen. Been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.